Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. It gives me great pleasure to welcome back to the program Dan Hazler, who's the Director of Cut Through Coaching and Consulting. And one of the things that we'll be wanting to talk with uh, Dan about is uh, one of his webinars that he's been doing, uh, helping your kids to love learning with the target audience being parents. And uh, in this particular moment in time, uh, that's a challenge for the parents that I'm sure a lot of them are seeking answers for. But firstly, welcome again to Viewpoints, Dan Hazler. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Oh, our pleasure, Dan. And um, Director Cut Through Coaching and Consulting, for those people who are not familiar yet, and that shouldn't be too many, Cut Through Coaching, how do you pick on that title? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Basically, uh, to cut through all the nonsense that is usually spoken when uh, people are trying to sort things out, whether that's in a school, whether that's in an organisation or a sports team, we just seek to call things for what they are and, and then just you know, really work hard to address them. So we try and get rid of all the jargon, we try and get rid of all the politicking and, and just literally get, you know, get back on a human level and just say, all right, let, let's see how we can um, move forward together. Mm, clearly that's got a history, I guess, in in observation or experience in your life. Um, were there trigger yeah. points for that? working in education for a while. <laughs> I'm still doing that, Dan. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, I'm, not, I'm certainly not, um, I'm not speaking specifically about any one particular thing. It's just in general, you know, the bigger things get, the more bureaucracy that goes around them. You know, schools are incredibly complex systems and, and particularly if they then sit in with an e- inside an even larger complex system like, you know, a, a department or a, you know, Catholic system, whatever it might be, and yeah, it, it, I just get frustrated when, or I was getting frustrated by seeing people who, you know, went into the profession to do one thing, do great work, and, and perhaps felt um, somewhat sidetracked, should we say, um, by all the other stuff that, that comes with it. Mm. So how long were you in the profession? I taught in the UK and, and in Australia for about 15 or 16 years as a high school PE teacher. Um, and I was also, uh, took a lot of the sort of the well-being or welfare side of stuff. So I'd be a, um, you know, like a year advisor and the head of well-being and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, yeah, about eight years ago, I think it is now, mm. I took a bit of a leap of faith and um, and started what we do now, which now I've got a team around me and we work Still do a lot of work in education. All my all my team have a background in uh, education, but we also work a lot with elite sports teams and mm. athletes, as well as uh, corporate teams, all around. Essentially, how how do we how, how do we get the best out of each other and ourselves, but do it in a sustainable, healthy, you know, way. Yes, and just looking through some of the things that you focus on, you mentioned them. Um, just quickly go through a couple. Mindset, you say too many people believe they don't need to learn or that they mm. can't learn. That's mm. a powerful statement, observation. Mm. Well, I mean, you, you, I reckon you can walk into any, any staff room, boardroom, change room, classroom, and find those people, the people who are for whatever reason, feel that they can't engage, they can't improve, um, and then those at the other end who feel they don't need to because they've worked it, you know, worked it out. And, and 
I think, you know, as I said, I think you can find those people everywhere. The extent to which it's an issue, you know, then that, that's what warrants further, um, you know, exploration and, and work. And, and a lot of people, you know, want, a lot of people kind of, you know, want to improve once they've felt what it's like <laughs> to improve. <laughs> you know, it's a fundamental pillar of um, motivation is the sense of progress. And it's just that a lot of the time, you know, the way the game's played, so to speak, and you can overlay that in any organization, sometimes good enough is, you know, sorry, near enough is good enough, or I'll never get near enough, you know, for some people, and, and that can be really disheartening. Absolutely. Looking at the areas you cover, engagement, um, mindset, well-being, leadership, uh, there are key threads in all of those that are particularly relevant uh, issues for people uh, under the current uh, pandemic that we're um, we're experiencing, Dan. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, you know, like, depending on... I mean, you can look at that, in, as you say, there's so many threads you could pull on. So, for example, if you look at leadership of one, leadership of another country and how it's been managed or whether it's the leadership, um, you know, within an organisation, how much certainty or clarity has been um, been been afforded the people within those organisations. You know, I'm based in New South Wales, and again, if, you know, if we wanted to talk about schools, the, the teachers in, in New South Wales schools, you know, they've had about five different directions and messages in the last five weeks, you know, in terms of how long to prepare for, for online learning, or hang on, all the kids are back at school now. And so there's so many things that come from a leadership point of view, but then, of course, that does absolutely impact on the sense of engagement, sense of um, well-being, and, and the extent to, you know, how, how people are showing up, you know. And that, you're not the idea that the leader, nice. you know, the idea that the leader sets that, or should be set in that direction to some degree, not saying they have to do it all, but they... You know, that's one of the responsibilities of leadership is offering that clarity or that certainty, even in, in uncertain times. Mm, yes, and uh, you're not alone, as I said a little earlier. Victoria, we've had a very similar setup. It's and it's very disheartening when you get mixed messages from your leadership. Engagement's one that um, this social distancing in general has really brought to the fore uh, how much we need authentic engagement, Dan. Yeah, for sure. And and so one of the things we've been trying to work on is, and it, it wasn't our idea, I, saw it, I can't remember where I saw it, but we've been with the people we work with really trying to drop the idea of social distancing from our lexicon and, and really talk about physical distancing. And, and, and so by changing that, you know, the last thing we need actually is more social distancing in, in the truest sense. You know, we, we need communities coming together. We need teams coming together. We need... Um, to leverage the power of, because it's, it's one thing to say, well, technology is hard, it's hard to engage through a screen, and I guess that's true to a certain extent, but what it, what we also need to recognize is where the, it does afford us the ability to engage in a way. So, for example, you know, if you imagine, I think you might have a year or two on me in, in terms of um, years, Henry, but imagine if this had happened to us when we were at school, you know, and, and we literally were in lockdown and we couldn't even talk to our friends, you know, our kids. We couldn't engage in in, in any form of, of learning, really, you know, unless we were going to rely on the postal system or, or, or you know, see 
radios or whatever. Um, so I think it's worth recognising that there have there are some real benefits to the kids, for example, being able to, even if it's jumping online and playing Minecraft for an extra hour or two than they might normally, mm. you know, that's actually helped, I think, think sort of keep those, you know, the, those kids together. And and, um, and, and that, for, for me, is one of the core pillars of engagement. I mean, maybe, or maybe not, but maybe they haven't been learning as much. Maybe they've not been as getting as deeply into the curriculum as perhaps they might. But you know, it's. It, I just imagine what it could have been like without the ability to at least stay in some form or another connected and you know keep that sense of tribe and that sense of belonging. Mm, absolutely, and of course the the other pillar there is well-being, and it's rather depressing news that uh, that that you present there. The World Health Organization, Dan, predicts that by 2030, the leading cause of illness in the world will be depression, and um, some of that's been, I think, fast-tracked uh, in the pandemic. Yeah, for sure. In fact, that um, you know, I think the, the, depending on different. Areas, of the world and different population groups, it, you know, to be clear, it already is the leading cause of, uh, of disease. And presumably, as you say, you know, if, if the economy goes into the kind of um, dip that they're suggesting on top of the health crisis, you know, you put on the financial stuff on top of that, I think it's going to be. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm, speak, I'm certainly not a mental health professional, but common sense would suggest that it's going to become even more of a even more of an issue than than it already is. I guess the, the good, the good. One of the reasons it is going to increase in numbers is because it's going to be diagnosed more. It's one of those, again, imagine if it was when you and I were kids, um, people wouldn't be talking about it. You know, it's it, so it's it, it, it's not great. Obviously, it's not <laughs> great news. But there are some. I, I sort of try and help coach people to look look for the. Those Silver linings and look for the bright. You know what's what's the good in this situation? And the good in that situation is that people are more informed. We're more literate around well-being and, and depression in particular. And hopefully, those people who struggle with it can struggle a little bit less, given that in, more informed society that we have. Absolutely, Dan. We take a short break. When we come back, I'd love to get into your webinars that you've been running this week. Um, can you hold the line? Welcome back to Viewpoints, listeners. I'm your host, Henry Gross. We're in a discussion with Dan Hazler, who's the Director of Cut Through Coaching and Consulting. Welcome back, Dan. Thank you, Henry. Now, we did a bit of an overview of the, the situation, the challenges people face, and that you and Cut Through try to uh, and do assist uh, organisations and people with. Um, this time, a bit more specifically, you've had some very interesting webinars, particularly from my point of view as an educator, Dan. You've run the digging into mindset your questions answered that was for educators and leaders and also helping your kids to love learning uh, target audience parents we'll start with helping your kids to love learning uh, yep. are too many children not loving learning is the implication i take from that uh, dan possibly <laughs> you might take that so it's um you know, it's I, 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 kids love learning. They just don't necessarily love school, right? So right. It's, uh, it, it's 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 one of those 
those interesting ones where we want we want to recognise. So the, the I guess the webinar was trying to set the scene that often you know school becomes synonymous with learning, and we wanted to suggest well learning happens every you know it happens everywhere it happens every day. Education is a formal you know that's the formal aspect of of, of learning and school forms a part of education. So what we wanted to try and do was we started by asking the parents, and I'm not sure if you're going to share a link or whatever, but yes, um, we will. people can still access this webinar via recording. But mm. um, we started by asking you know, the adults, well, give us some examples of where they love learning. And what we wanted to try and do was, first and foremost, whenever we... The nature of our work, Henry, is we're often asked to come in by somebody to help other people, right? And they'll say, can you come in and help those people with their mindset? Can you come and help those people with their emotional intelligence? Can you come and help those people with how to do things? And we always say, well, hang on. Before we worry about those people, let's talk about you. So with the parents, for example, saying, okay, so tell us when you love learning. When, you know, what evidence do your kids see that you love learning? But, you know, working on the something of a, a hypothesis that kids pick up a lot from their parents, you know, they, they sort of, you know, role modeling is a pretty powerful form of education. And from there, we then said, okay, so what are some of the things that are at play there? And then we asked them to, and, and depending on how you want to go into this, but with you know, different elements that are almost non-negotiable if someone is going to love something. Like, and when I say love, I mean being really intrinsically motivated to do something, not being forced not being coerced, not doing something just because they have to do it, but genuinely love it. And what we wanted to do was kind of give parents a a bit of a a sense of motivational literacy so they could actually, rather than seeing kids bored or seeing kids as, you know, not engaged, well, let's let's go one layer below that of maybe suggest what are some of the reasons why that might be the case? if it's the case, and what might you be able to do to maybe, you know, address it in some degree, either with the kid themselves or or with the the school. Mm. And that could be confronting for parents too, though, can't it? Because it's putting the focus back on them when they're in actual fact coming to you with uh, looking for assistance with their children. Yeah, and and that's, I mean, it is... Look, it can be confronting, but I'm a very gentle soul, Henry. Um, so I don't, try, I don't try to be too confrontational. But it's it's just a case of um, we. Can, if our default position is to, um, you know, not be self-reflective, so we have to recognise how we show up impacts those people around us. So it's very, it, you know, as I say, it wasn't. It's not confrontational, really. We just say, right, when do you love learning? And, and it could be anything. So we have people who are enrolled in formal adult education programs through to people who are talking about learning new recipes in the kitchen, etc. And then we unpicked, so tell me why you love that. What is it about that that you love? And when you unpick those reasons, mm. you can largely categorize them into four main areas. One is that they have a sense of belonging, which we mentioned just before the break there. So they, they have a sense of a tribiness about it, people that they're with kind of get them they don't feel threatened it's a psychologically safe space mistakes are well so or, or certainly expected so the point there is you know i 
might love guitar um, until I go and have a lesson with somebody who criticizes me or I'm in an overly competitive session where it's quite clear I'm the worst guitarist and I'm not welcome there because I'm holding the others back. Now, no one, well, I'm saying no one, very rarely is that verbalized explicitly, but it's the sense that people know if they're welcome or not. Mm. So, so that's one of the critical things that need to be at play. Then the, the other three um, essentially come from self-determination theory, one of having a sense of ownership, a sense of choice, um, a sense of competence or mastery in an area, and also having a sense of purpose, being able to articulate, well, why am I doing this? And when kids aren't engaged at school, I would wager good money, if I was a gambler, that if they're not engaged at school or not engaged in learning or not engaged in the footy session that the parents have kind of coerced them into doing or forced them to do or just taken them along because they assume they want to do it, it's because one of those, at least one, if not more, of those elements are missing. And so if you want to engage more, it's less about activity, so it's less about the sport, the music, the math, the art, and it's more about those pillars, those, you know, do they feel they belong, do they have a sense of choice, do they feel they can get better, and do they know why they uh, are here and why they want to get better. It's those things that we should be um, thinking and talking about with our with our young people as parents. Mm, good stuff. Time as always has got away from us and... Uh... <laughs> It's always a pleasure chatting with you, Dan. Um, that webinar, and of course the one I did refer to for the educators and leaders digging into your mindset, your questions answered. If people want to access them, how would they do that? Um, that is a very good question. What I'm going to do is um, I shall put them on my Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Facebook, and just search for me, Dan Hasler, um, and um, they'll be there on there, and, and people can jump into them um, from, from my Facebook page. And they can always look up uh, Cut Through Coaching and Consulting for a heap of great resources and possibilities. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Dan, as always, how have you and how has the coaching fraternity um, done throughout the, uh, the pandemic? Um, I mean, one of the first things I did uh, when this happened was, was very deliberate about not making this um, uh, a, 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 you know, an overly stated challenge. We, we frame this very much as new learning. So... We got on um, a few calls with some contemporaries and we bounced some ideas around. And um, I've, I've got no doubt there's been challenges for not only for us but and others. But to be honest with you, um, you know, these webinars have come about because of a need to engage in a different way. So we've been doing, you know, over the past few weeks, we've had thousands, literally thousands of people engage with us who wouldn't normally. Um, and yeah, we've learned a lot and we've had time to really dig into different not only ways of delivering but different content areas different strands so it sound it might sound a little bit um happy smiley you know turn that frown upside down but for us we've actually we've actually um from from going from talking the talk about mindset and you know the need to be resilient and we've been able to really put everything we teach into action for our own um you know, our own sake and mm. um, and the sake of the people we work with, and it's been yeah, it's been an enlightening time. It's obviously somewhat fortunate that we're in Australia, and um, mm. you know, and not anywhere else in the world, which seems to be doing incredibly tough. Obviously, my family are over in the UK, mm. so that's um, been challenging to watch that. Um, 
but yeah, so far uh, we seem to be sticking our head above um, the water, and, and we're still here. <laughs> and that's and that's great news, Dan. Dan has been <laughs> great chatting with you. We must catch up again soon. Indeed, thanks for having me, Henry. Cheers. My my pleasure. That was Dan Hazler, director of Cut Through Coaching and Consulting, and excellent advice on how we can uh, help our kids learn, help ourselves in the process. We'll take a short break. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 